we're getting ready to have a live So I don't play jazz. I'm not a swinger. My good friend Jason Crane. Now it's jazz. Now it's jazz. Now it's now it's now it's jazz. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is a jazz interview podcast that brings you the lives and stories of the people who play, write about, and love jazz. It's more than a podcast, though. When you visit the show's website at thejazzsession.com, you'll find interviews, live jazz news, and links to other jazz sites. This week, the site also features a link to Bloggers for a Cure, a collective effort by several music bloggers to raise money for cystic fibrosis research. For the month of May, you can donate to the cause and be entered to win great prizes, including CD-boxed sets, DVDs, autographed and limited-edition CDs, and a lot more. Just follow the Bloggers for a Cure link at thejazzsession.com, and thanks in advance for helping out. Also this week at thejazzsession.com, you'll find a link to an article about this podcast from The Daily Messenger the local paper in the teeming metropolis of Canandaigua, New York, the town where I went to high school. On this week's show, my guest is drummer Pete Zimmer. Pete moved to New York several years ago after graduating from the New England Conservatory. Since then, he's released three records on his own label, Tippin Records, the most recent of which is his new CD, Judgment. The album features tenor saxophonist George Garzone, who's joined by a second tenor, Joel Fromm, for Garzone's tune, The Mingus That I Knew. is Pete Zimmer. He's a drummer who's got a new album, the third, with his quintet. This one's called Judgment, and it features uh, a, an amazing roster, including two really wonderful tenor saxophonists, one the uh, Boston-based tenor master George Garzone, and also Joel Fromm, who's uh, become quite a leader in his own right in recent years. It also features the piano of Toru Dodo, who was a guest uh, on this show just a few weeks ago. Pete, welcome to the Jazz Session. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing great, man. Thanks a lot for being here. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Talk a little bit, uh, we'll, we'll tell folks kind of how you got your start and where you came from, but talk a little bit first about uh, how you met George Garzone. If, if I'm right, I think it was while you were at New England Conservatory? That's correct, yeah. Um, let's see, I believe I, I, I moved to Boston in 1998, 
believe I, I played with George Garzon. Actually, uh, originally, my good friend uh, John Sullivan, who's also uh, uh, plays with me and is on Judgment, the bassist, I believe he was studying with George Garzon at the time, and uh, he invited me to come in to, to one of his lessons, and we played, I believe, just trio with John and, and myself and George. My, I think it was maybe halfway through my first year at New England Conservatory in 98, that was an incredible experience playing with him for the first time, and I think I uh, maybe did that a couple other times with him that year. And then I was very fortunate the following year, uh, 1999, to begin to study uh, privately with him at New England Conservatory. That was a wonderful experience, and, and shortly after that, I, I began studying with him. He uh, started to call me to do some gigs with him. Uh, including, uh, I, I subbed quite a few times during, I think it was like 1999 through 2001 when I finished for Bob Gulati uh, with the Fringe. At that time, they were playing at the Lizard Lounge uh, in Cambridge, and uh, that was a tremendous experience as well, you know, playing uh, with, with John Lockwood and, and George, and, and with, you know, that sort of uh, free setting was just uh, phenomenal and, and uh really liberating and an experience that, you know, you can only get by doing that and playing with those guys. And, you know, we've continued to play throughout the years. I played with him numerous times at Cornelia Street Cafe in New York and, and some other venues. And, you know, for folks who don't know the Fringe, I mean, the kind of music that's on Judgment is very different from the kind of music that the Fringe is playing, which is a lot freer. What was that experience like for you kind of playing in a, in a freer setting? Had you had a lot of experience doing that? I guess until I started to play with George and study with him, and and uh, you know I also played in his, you know I think I was in the ensemble in, in at NEC with him, and you know sometimes we would play free, and you know not not all the time we would, a lot of times we we would play tunes and standards, and and, and uh, George is is a master of, of playing standards. I mean he plays it definitely his own way with his own vibe, but he's a master of, of playing traditional jazz as, as well as as free. But yeah, as far as playing free, that was. An incredible experience. It's really for me. I, I just try to listen. I mean, I, regardless if I'm playing free or in a more straight-ahead vein, I mean, I'm always trying to listen uh, to what's going on around me and play accordingly. But in particular, when you, when you're playing, uh, you know, with that sort of openness, where you know you can go any direction, you know, depending on what's going on within the group, and you know, sometimes George will lead, will follow him. Sometimes, uh, you know, I remembered, you know, John Lockwood would would lead and sometimes occasionally I would, you know, try to throw in some directions and, and we would try, you know, we always kind of trying to cohesively make something happen just for the moment and, and that's really the beauty of, of that, I, I think, you know. 
One thing I like a lot about this record is the amount of original composition on it. In fact, mm-hmm. with the exception of Bye Bye Blackbird, yep. every other tune on it was written by somebody who's actually playing on the album, either you or George or Toru Dodo. Mm-hmm. How did you make that decision? I know your previous records have had a lot of your own compositions yep. on them, too. When you first started recording, was that a conscious decision that I'm going to feature my own as much of my own writing as I can? Um, you know, I've always kind of composed a bit here and there, you know, probably starting, you know, when I was in maybe somewhere in my early high school years, you know, I started to just mess around and write some stuff. And then, you know, so I've been doing that for a long time. And, and uh, I guess really when I when I started to think about recording my first session, Common Man, I was like, yeah, what are we going to do, you know? And, and uh, well, I had a couple, maybe one or two of those uh, songs on there I, I, I wrote or partially wrote. Um, already, but pretty much I was like, I want to really, you know, try to write something that I feel really proud of, that that really represents what I'm trying to do, and and something that you know we can have fun playing on, and that people will like to 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 listen to, and sort of challenging for the musicians, and something that they can uh, express themselves on and have fun with. Now, uh, you, of course, uh, had a head start as a musician because after probably New Orleans and New York, you grew up in one of the great jazz cities of Waukesha, Wisconsin. <laughs> that's and, right, uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin. That's where, yes, I, I, I grew up there. You know, yeah, I, I, I was fortunate, however. I mean, it, there's not a, a lot of jazz, really, in Waukesha itself, but Milwaukee is, is pretty close, and Milwaukee is, has, a, has actually a really good tradition for jazz, and, and there's still a lot of... Uh, you know, great uh, jazz players that that are in New York now. That uh, you know, including Rick Germanson and well, uh, John Sullivan is originally from uh, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, which is which is just north of of uh, uh, Milwaukee. I kind of got into jazz. I think when I was in middle school, I played in the middle school jazz ensemble in Waukesha, and I discovered Buddy Rich and Joel Morello probably originally, and then uh, a couple. Of the, there were there were a few other drummers. Who, who also uh, studied with, with uh, uh, Jim Surrey, who was involved with the, the percussion ensemble or whatnot. That kind of uh, those drummers hit me to, to uh, Philly Joe Jones and Elvin Jones and and uh, and uh, you know Miles Davis and some of that stuff. Which you know, once I started hearing that, I, I started really to discover a whole you know another world of bebop and Charlie Parker and. That you know really hit me to a lot of stuff, and I started to go to the record stores and, and check out the you know records and, and started listening to Max Roach and Clifford Brown and all of the great jazz drummers. I eventually got into John Coltrane, and, and you know at first, obviously, when you're first listening to that at that young age, it's hard to really understand what's going on. But the more you listen to it, the more your your ear adjusts, and the more you understand. And it was you know yeah. After high school, I, I went uh, I studied at. Uh, a really good uh, school in Illinois called Northern Illinois University, which has a great jazz uh, program as well as a, a percussion program. And I was actually a orchestral percussion major there, uh, as well as playing, you know, very active. I mean, I was always jazz was, you know, playing the drums, drum set, you know, and, and jazz was kind of always the thing I loved to do. But at that time, I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, mallets with marimba and vibes, and I played timpani and the, the you know, philharmonic in, at the school and you know, did all that stuff, and uh, after a couple of years, I kind of wanted to focus more on jazz, and, and my friend John Sullivan was at uh, New England Conservatory in Boston, and he was telling me about it, and I was like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to try to go out there, because I, I kind of always wanted to come out east, you know, and originally, I, actually, in high school, I was thinking about uh, 
coming out east, and I looked at a couple schools out here. But at the time, you know, coming from Waukesha, it just seemed so overwhelming. New York City was just, you know, just, you know, I couldn't do it at the time. And uh, But then, you know, I was like, okay, maybe I'll, I'll check out Boston. And I think that was good for me because it was sort of like a stepping stone to New York and uh, kind of got me acclimated to the East Coast and, and whatnot. And uh, and uh, once I finished up there, I, I came, came here to, to New York in 2001 and been here since. Did you have a, a gig that was kind of the, the door opener for you? Not too long after I moved to New York. Maybe as, as little as two or three weeks after I moved, I, I went, uh, there was a session at the time on Thursdays uh, at Smoke, uh, which is a jazz club on the Upper West Side, and uh, I, was, I was hanging out there, and at the time, Joel Fromm was running the jam session, and that's where I met Joel, uh, and uh, I got to sit in, and I got to play with him. He actually called me, you know, not too long after that to do a session with him and uh, another fine bassist, uh, Joe Martin, who plays with him, still plays with him quite a bit, you know, in addition to freelancing around New York and whatnot. But we did a session in Brooklyn, I remember, and that was, uh, that was really terrific. And then Joel actually started calling me to play with him at that jam session at Smoke. Later that, that summer, you know, in July and August, I did that quite a few times. So that was, I think that was probably my first actual, you know, gig in, in New York. Not gig, but first, you know, gig at an actual jazz club. Before we close, I want to ask yeah. you about a tune uh, on the record, the tune that actually closes the record, which yeah. is called Cut Off, which yeah. seems like it probably started its life as a, a much more standard song form than it ended its life as. Tell folks about how the tune was put together and, and what you've done to uh, one of the most common of all jazz uh, sure. rhythm sections. Yeah, Cut Off, that's basically uh, based on George Gershwin's I Got Rhythm, uh, which is a common uh, chord progression that's been used in numerous different songs uh, by many different jazz composers, uh, and now it's simply called Rhythm Changes, uh, which is uh, you know the, the chord progression of the tune. But basically, I, I wrote the melody originally, and um, the, the, the reason I, I uh, called it Cut Off is there's a short... At the end of each A section, there's, there's like a real short break. There, the, the, the melody has a triplet section, and, and there's a break on the second triplet of, I think it's the third beat or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, everybody's kind of cuts off there. So that's kind of how the tune originally got its name, and I brought it into the rehearsal. And uh, Toru actually um, came up with the idea. He's like, let's, let's make this tune really, you know, fully cut off. And, and he's like, let's cut off the the last measure of, of each A section. So, so instead of, uh, you know, the traditional 8-bar A section, uh, it turned into a 7-bar A section, and uh, we kept the bridge, the regular uh, eight, 8 measures uh, long, but then, and so we kept that the same for the blowing. And so it's kind of an irregular, irregularity, you know, that not knowing now, I don't think anybody else has done, and it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of fun, and it, it keeps things exciting for us, and it's, it's uh, it's a little bit different. It's a little tricky, but it's 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 kind of it's kind of hip, you know. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, talk about tricky, particularly for the improvisers. That I mean, the rhythm changes. That's so ingrained in mm-hmm. the consciousness of anyone who's ever played jazz. Yeah. That to then take one measure off, it just totally was the first time I was listening through to it. I was thinking, man, I must not know how to count or something because there's yeah. something there's something it weird going on here. Catches you off guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At first you're like, whoa, what's going on? But then. Then yeah, I mean after we got to play it a while, you know, it it kind of feels natural. It's weird now. Sometimes, like <laughs> occasionally, if I'm playing a rhythm changes with somebody else, and it's like sort of the same tempo that we play that song. Like 
sometimes I like almost play, you know, I almost think a cutoff. I almost play like seven bar, bar phrases, you know, or I'll be thinking that in my head, you know, because I'm used to playing that now a little bit. But uh, it's funny how, how it's just a different mindset, I guess. You gotta, but you get used to it, you know. It's... coming up for you in terms of uh, performances and uh, other things you're involved in? We're, well, we're really excited. Uh, um, we're going to be performing, actually, we're going to be doing a late night at the Iridium uh, in New York on May 11th, which is a Friday coming up. Uh, I believe we started about 12.30 a.m. So that, that should be great. That's a, that's a, a fabulous club that, that I've yet to, to perform at. We're, we're, we're really looking forward. That's going to be with, with Mike Rodriguez and Joel Fromm and and Toru and, and John Sullivan and myself. So uh, that's the main thing. We're we're working on some stuff for. Uh, we're in the midst of, of lining up a couple tours for for this summer and also uh, a larger scale tour this fall, which uh, looks like it's going to be coming to fruition. So we're very excited about that. And uh, you know we're just in the process of of nailing that down. So that's taking up uh, a lot of time. But I'm also really excited. I, I actually. Um, Recently, uh, George Garzon actually released a, a, a new CD, which I'm on, uh, as well as uh, another fabulous bass player, Dennis Irwin, and uh, a guitarist by the name of Chris Krakow, which uh, we're really excited about. It came out on a, a Danish label called Stunt Records, and uh, that just came out, I think, uh, in February. You know, that's kind of you know another project that that uh, we're working on, uh, lining some more stuff up with with George Garzon as well as with the quintet. So those are, are sort of my two. Two main things at the moment, as well as, you know, I, I, I perform quite regularly around uh, New York and uh, in, in the area uh, with, you know, a number of different people doing, you know, playing wide wide variety of, of different venues and, and whatnot in, in New York. So keeping, keeping me pretty busy. <laughs> and if folks want to find your CDs and itinerary, uh, where can they find you online? Yes, uh, you can go to PeteZimmer.com. You know, you can check out where we're playing and sign the email list, and you can, uh, you know, click on the link to, to buy the CD uh, through the Internet if you want to do it that route. You can also visit my record label, which is Tippin Records, uh, tippinrecords.com, T-I-P-P-I-N-R-E-C-O-R-S. 
jazzsds.com. And of course, I'll have a link to both of those sites that Pete just mentioned at thejazzsession.com. Well, Pete, uh, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, really enjoying the record, and uh, encourage folks to check it out. And and I thank you again for uh, coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Jason, for having me. It's been great. Down or Up, a tune written by drummer Pete Zimmer and featured on his new CD, Judgment. Until next time, you've been listening to The Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. Please visit the show's website at thejazzsession.com where you'll find interviews, live jazz news, and links to other jazz sites. You'll also find the link to subscribe to the show. If you can, please subscribe via iTunes. It's free, and it guarantees that you'll always have the most recent episode waiting for you on your computer or your MP3 player whenever you want it. I also write interviews and reviews for AllAboutJazz.com, the world's largest jazz website. If you'd like to contact The Jazz Session, send me an email. Send it to Jason at TheJazzSession.com, or leave me a voicemail by calling 585-473-5304. You can also join the mailing list, and welcome to all our new members. A lot of folks joined up this week, which is very cool. You'll find the mailing list at thejazzsession.com. When you join, you'll get periodic updates about the guests who appear on the show, plus other news from the jazz world. The theme music for this podcast is by The Respect Sextet, online at respectsextet.com. Thanks also to Dave Rabel, who designed the Jazz Session logo. Don't forget to visit the Bloggers for a Cure website by clicking on the link at thejazzsession.com and help raise money for cystic fibrosis research. It lasts for the month of May, and by donating, you can be entered to win great prizes, including box sets, DVDs, autographed and limited edition CDs, and a whole lot more. Thanks for listening. Remember to support live jazz whenever you can, and come back next time for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session.